part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Artist Pivot Podcast. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, and I happen to be an actor, voiceover artist, mentor, and world traveler. This is a bi-weekly show featuring conversations about pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. Everyone possesses the ability to pivot. You just have to be reminded sometimes, and that is what I am here to do. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there is a link in the show notes. We'll get to this week's episode after a word from our sponsors. I have found that therapy is a tool to use to improve your life in one of the healthiest ways. For those who are working on their mental health and well-being, on a journey of facing your fears, or trying therapy for the first time, our show sponsor BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. That's BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. We Audition is the video chat community where actors can audition, self-tape, rehearse, and get expert industry advice. Get instant self-tape readers through video chat, browse through the dedicated actor meditations, podcasts, and books, meet casting directors in the virtual green room, and also make money by becoming a reader for other actors. If you join We Audition and use code PIVOT, you will receive a 25% discount on your membership. Yes, that's right, We Audition and The Artist Pivot have partnered to bring you this discount. From my own experience, I love being a reader for other actors, and We Audition is so convenient for me when I need a reader myself. Again, if you join We Audition and use the code PIVOT, you will receive 25% off your membership. Link in the show notes. All right, y'all. So today on the podcast, I am so excited to say that joining me is Miss Jillian Page, and she is the founder of Meisner in Music, the premier class to infuse the Meisner technique with singing. Jillian received her master's in music theater from Oklahoma City University, her bachelor's in classical vocal performance from Belmont University, and studied Meisner under Terry Martin, a direct pupil of Meisner's, and Ted Wald. Jillian is based out of New York City and has performed with companies such as Actors Theatre of Louisville, the Nashville Opera, and Kentucky Opera. She is passionate about helping singers maintain beautiful singing while achieving emotional freedom and impulsivity in the moment. Y'all, welcome, Jillian! Hello! Thank you! Hi! (laughs) You're welcome, you're welcome. So I'm going to start with my favorite question to everybody. If I texted and said, Jillian, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's your day going? What's up? But you could only respond in emojis only. What would you text me? I would text you that emoji that has like a wiggly mouth Mm -hmm. and he has red cheeks and he's kind Mm -hmm. of like embarrassed and strung out. 
Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I know that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't quite know what he's doing. Like, is he farting? Is he embarrassed? Is he irritated? I don't know, but I really like him. And mm-hmm. I almost used it for something else today. So he's top of mind. And I feel that way. A little silly, a little spread thin, but overall just goofy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that imaginary yes. text. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. What would yours be today? Oh, what would mine be today? Uh, Top of mine is the, the, um, the yogi, you know, like the, 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 the the emoji that's like sitting in like, I guess a meditative position, yoga position. Yeah, totally. Um, Because I had a great meditation today. So that's like the Uh, first thing I would probably text you. And then... Water. I probably texted you water. I just poured myself some seltzer water. So I was like, I'm trying to hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, how mm-hmm. wonderful. Meditation, hydration, all of it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. So that'd be my text to you. My text back. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, y'all, I wanted to bring Jillian on the show today to talk about a, numerous things. Um, her pivots in her career and, you know, still learning as an artist and knowing that life's a journey, because we were talking about that for a hot second before we recorded, that it's, a, it's all a journey, right, Jillian? It's all right. a journey. And so I want to start at the beginning. Were you a child who, like, loved the arts and was introduced to it and knew that that's what you were doing when you got older? Or was it something that you kind of happened upon? It was definitely the, how do you say that? Former? Yeah, the former. (laughs) So the first one. Um, My parents are both musicians. So they met at Baldwin Wallace Conservatory. My mom was my dad's accompanist and he was a flute. He is a flute player. So I grew up around the arts and my dad was in Louisville Orchestra in Louisville, Kentucky. And then I was always around music and loved singing in church, which is how so many singers get their start in like a safe space, <laughs> like sort of praising God, but also being like, Oh, I'm really good at this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> People love me. Um, but yeah, in second grade, I had a teacher who saw that I was pretty hyperactive and performative and needed an outlet. And she also knew that the Kentucky opera needed a walk on child's role. So she referred me for the role. And my parents were like, wait, this is great because dad's going to rehearsals anyway to play in the pit. So it was an easy um, transition into opera. And then in high school, I kind of started to explore like, is opera actually a career I could have? And it Mm -hmm. seemed viable. So I went Mm -hmm. into classical voice. Mm -hmm. So as much as I um, sometimes wished that I would go into something else and definitely could have. My sister is a plumber. Mm-hmm. I was around music so much and my parents really um, influenced my ability to see that as a viable career option. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That you, you like you, exactly. You saw it as a, as a viable mm-hmm. career option. Cause I do believe that a lot of us are like, we do it when we're younger and then they're like, okay, well, what, what are you really doing with your life? And you're like, no, yeah. I'm going to, go into the arts like that's what I'm that's what I'm doing and you saw it with your parents Mm -hmm. yeah they swear that before I grad or before I went to college they Mm -hmm. sat me down and had a conversation with me about like how difficult it is and Mm -hmm. um you know health care and low wages 
I don't remember this conversation at all, but <laughs> they said they had it with me. And now mm-hmm. at 34, I'm like, I wish I remembered that a little clearer. Mm-hmm. I wish I took notes. Just a little, yes. a little notepad I could pull out now to be like, oh, that's what they said. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, at 18, I was like, well, I'm going to be famous. So this isn't going to matter. <laughs> Right. I'm going to be on Broadway by 25 or I'm yeah. going to be singing opera in Germany. But so like, it's not going to matter. Totally. That was the that was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. Yes, that was the plan. Uh, yeah. uh, isn't it? You know, a lot of us have that plan. Um, yeah. So I guess my next question to you would be then after you did go to school for classical um, voice, did you mm-hmm. immediately go into grad school or did you have time in between where you were working and navigating the industry? It was heartbreaking and one of the best things that ever happened to me because senior year of college, I decided to switch to musical theater. There were a lot of like signs from whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, life source that were like, oh, wait, I think I'm more suited for musical theater. So I auditioned for only, I think, NYU and Oklahoma City University, and I got waitlisted at both. Mm-hmm. and then didn't get accepted. So I was devastated and really depressed. But then to spend that year, I guess you're 23 or 22 at that age, mm-hmm. to spend that year staying in Nashville where I had done my undergrad was yeah. so formative. And I got to work with the Nashville Opera and do my first professional musical. Yes. And it was really wonderful to like make a living in the arts and be like, I think I do still want to go toward this. And then the next year I auditioned for a few more schools because you can't really audition for just two. But (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes. Understand that. Understand that. Okay. And so, okay, you go to grad school, right? And then tell me about, well, number one, your time in grad school, a little, a little, you know, because not everybody goes to grad school for the arts, but your time in grad school. And then once you graduate, the realization of like, oh, Yeah. We're in life now. Yeah. I, when I hear that someone is going to grad school, did you go to grad school? I did. Yes. I went to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. So I went overseas. (gasps) Oh my God. You don't know my friend Josh Canfield, do you? I don't. Okay. There's obviously so many people that went there, but he Mm -hmm. is a dear friend of mine and he just raves about his experience doing that. Oh, I love that. Yes. I I wonder if you share the same sentiment that when someone tells me they're going to grad school, I'm Mm -hmm. like, why? Because I personally went to grad school because I wasn't, I didn't feel ready. And Mm -hmm. now I'm wondering, definitely glad to have my master's, definitely grateful to Oklahoma City University. Mm -hmm. And I wonder a lot about how that tens of thousands of dollars could have been spent, maybe just moving to New York and taking classes intensively here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm so grateful for grad school, but I think a lot of us go into it because I'm not ready to leave the womb of education. Fair. Fair. I understand that. Mine was, I I had five years between um, undergrad (gasps) and grad school. So mine wasn't that. Mine was more proving, I think, yes to myself, but also the world, if you will, that I can act. Because I went for musical theater as yeah. a, my bachelor's, I wasn't being taken seriously when I walked into these rooms to audition for Shakespeare or for a play. And I'm like, but I can do that. And so my master's right. is in classical acting from the Royal Conservatoire. So it was more of like, I'm going to prove to you that I can do it. I can do a musical, yeah. but I can also do a Shakespearean play. 
that was right. more my incentive to go. And then I'm also right. a traveler. So I was like, yes, go live uh, in the UK for a year and a half. Of course, let's go. <laughs> how fun. Yes, and mm-hmm. I love that it's a year and a half too. Yeah. There's MFA programs over here that are three years. It's a lot. It's a big mm-hmm. commitment. And I, when people ask me about getting the master's or not in theater, I ask them why they're doing it mm-hmm. because it's such a commitment, especially over here. But oh my gosh, a mm-hmm. year and a half. And like you said, when you were reading my bio, I almost felt embarrassed that I put the education so close to the beginning Mm -hmm. because it's like we're trying to get away from these like Western traditions of classical music and like who I am is Mm -hmm. the esteem of my education. So Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that we also part of getting a master's can be I want to prove to the institutions, to the audition panel that I have these prerequisites when really shouldn't my talent show for itself yeah yeah it should it really really should like and there's and there's nothing wrong with wanting to hone your talent right but you're right there is a difference in like oh well I went to this school so this is my like prerequisite to show that I have talent when it's like you already have it you just need to refine it a little bit but you got it you already got it totally yeah yeah Hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. But no, grad school was wonderful. I'm undergrad. Love you, Belmont University, but it was a mm-hmm. performance degree with no acting mm-hmm. classes. Okay. Uh, so a lot of standing and singing and mm-hmm. park and bark kind of performers, mm-hmm. me included. I did not know how to act and sing at the same time to save my life. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma City University really helped me hone that. And um, there was still a disconnect because mm-hmm. so often as singers were either in voice lessons or acting classes, mm-hmm. and very rarely left um, tools with which to put the two techniques together, acting mm-hmm. and vocal. Yeah. So that was still a mystery to me um, leaving. But overall, grad school was just amazing. And then I actually met someone in grad school who was mm-hmm. a dramatic tenor. Um, his name was Michael Schaefer. And we fell in love. And we moved to Chicago. Yeah, where I got cast like very quickly and was loving. Oh my God, the Chicago theater scene. Mm-hmm. Have you performed in Chicago? I have not. No, I have not. So kind. They would eat yeah. you up. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I. You know what's keeping me from Chicago? The weather. I visited. Oh. I visited three <laughs> times in the yeah. winter. I've actually never been in the summer. I've been in the winter three times, and I'm like, no. yeah, nah, nah. You can't. <laughs> And I'm sure everyone's told you it's so beautiful in the summer, but they like, have. yeah, the winter is uh, not great. <laughs> Brutal. I'm like, yeah. if I could come and do theater in the summer, you got me. And then I'm coming yeah. back to Jersey. Yes. Yes. As you should. As you should. Mm-hmm. No, but it was, it was great. And then he actually, we were dating at the time, like a year and a half and he found like a on his Mm -hmm. tongue and he was about to go to DePaul University for a master's in vocal performance Mm -hmm. and it was cancer and so we had to move back to Texas I made Mm -hmm. the decision to move to Texas with him and be with him there for treatment and Mm -hmm. he ended up passing like 11 Mm -hmm. days after we got married and had moved in together a month prior so then I'm stranded in Dallas and luckily the theater scene was pretty relatively inviting, a little clicky Mm -hmm. in Dallas. 
But yeah, it was like navigating grief and recently graduating. And then also, yeah, being in a new theater and film and television scene uh, all at the same time. It was a wild year, but so Mm -hmm. formative for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So with that, woo, that was, that, that, woo, Jillian, yes, for, for surviving that year. Thanks. You just, woo, okay. Um, so I guess my, my question would be, in that time, what is it that, in essence, helped you through? Like, helped you through all of, literally, like, pivot after pivot after change after change and Mm -hmm. and like you being able to handle it because you're still here you're still standing so you survived it so my question is like yeah what what was it that helped you I mean okay I don't mean to sound hokey but truly Meisner Mm -hmm. I got into my first Meisner class I believe Michael died in June and I think my first Meisner class was in fall. So it was pretty shortly thereafter. And are you familiar with the Meisner technique at all? A little bit, a little. It's like, you know, repetition. So Mm -hmm. basically it's just like what I'm focused on what's happening now at all times. So it really helped me to sit with grief. Mm -hmm. But I will say in addition to that, a lot of my grief was like, a little bit toxic positivity, but I think humans are resilient in a lot of different ways. And sometimes that has to be toxically positive to get you through something like that. So it didn't really hit me until like a couple years later, but I would say Meisner and then that sort of moxie of like, I, I gotta get through this. You're just like, Oh God, like I have no choice, but to survive this. And then it kind of, for me, at least a couple years later sank in, but I think, um, maybe pure adrenaline and Meisner helped me that first year. Under, okay, understood, understood. And so then after that year, what 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 was the impetus for you to move? What was the impetus for you to go, okay, I got to make another pivot? Mm-hmm. Um, I read The Alchemist. Have okay. you read The Alchemist? I have not. I've heard of it, but I have not read The Alchemist. It's it's short, it's breezy. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it again right now because okay. I'm feeling another pivot coming on. Okay. And it's just like a metaphor and what you read, what you get out of what you're reading is kind mm-hmm. of like where you should go with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I truly just read The Alchemist and I was like, I knew everything in my body and soul was like, you have to move to New York. Mm-hmm. Not even to like be on Broadway or be famous. I just felt in my bones that was the next right thing. And it was, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those who don't live in New York or haven't experienced the New York scene, it is a lot more than that. Like being on Broadway and being famous. It's about community. Like it's about, oh, the city is buzzing with people who are like me. Like yeah. the creatives, the artists, the oh, oh, like we we out here. <laughs> yes. No one is in New York by accident. Like, no, you have to want to be in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you might as well move. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now. What part of Jersey are you mm-hmm. in? I'm actually currently in South Jersey. So I'm about half okay. an hour outside of Philadelphia. But I used to live, I grew up born and raised in South Orange, New Jersey. So I was, I lived my whole life out 30 minutes outside of New York. Wow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah, that area that you're in, it looks so 
interesting and great. And I'm, yeah, looking it's at all It's beautiful that. down here. It's, I give it that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's dry. <laughs> Girl, what do you it's mean? dry. Like, like gig-wise? So not, not necessarily gig-wise. Um, but I, I just like where things are happening. This is very yeah. much like I'm, I'm living in a, in a, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a development that's very much families and young Ooh. children. That's cute. I'm single and I want mm-hmm. like, I want to go out with friends. So like, it's just not my situation that's why I say it's dry and like yes. Philly's close it's half an hour but it's not a convenient city for me I have to drive I have to drive New yeah. York when I lived in northern New Jersey I took the train and it's 30 minutes oh my god I'm in and out oh yeah I'll meet you for drinks oh yeah I'll meet you for dinner oh yeah I'll go see a Broadway show with you mm-hmm. Philly is not that city you have to plan yeah. you have to do so that's for me that's why I say it's dry where I'm like it's yes. beautiful down. it's gorgeous we have space it's great I love the trees I love the fresh air but socially, it gets a one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You do not want to be around families when you're single and like trying to go out and be be a part of a young community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So that's the only reason I'm like, oh no, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make a pivot soon. <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking New York? <sighs> Question mark. Okay. I I don't think I'll. Never say never. So I can't even say t- yeah. I can't even say that out of my mouth. But New Jersey, like I'm yeah. a Jersey girl, so I don't mind taking the train into the city. Like I've totally. never really minded that. So like I would say closer to New York where I can hop mm-hmm. on the train is very feasible is what I'm thinking about. Or I'm like, do I do another city? But like L.A., man, I was out there like a month ago and I was like, this ain't my vibe. This ain't my yeah. vibe. Like, I got friends out there. We chit-chatted, but I was like, it's not my vibe. People who love it, love it. it yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, you know, many would say that about New York, too. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you got to go where you got to go. Yeah. And so with that, with that move, your first move to New York. Yeah. What was that like in terms of like, okay, I made the decision. I'm now in New York. Now what do I do? It was good. I moved in with two dear friends. So that was really helpful to be already sort of a part of a community and have a built-in friend group. So that was mm-hmm. really lovely. But I started personal training when I first moved to the city. So mm-hmm. that was really neat to build up um, and, and have something flexible that I could audition um, and be among that with. I got an agent through someone that I knew, like mm-hmm. they pretty quickly we're like oh yeah we'll find you and it was not a good agent so I got to learn very quickly that not having an agent is better than having one who is not for you and like working for you and then you have to give your money to if you do book something so that was a great learning experience and I think that I did the thing that a lot of people do when they move to a new city especially New York I've seen it over and over again they audition their asses off the first year and burn out. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then sometimes, a a lot of times leave. And so I had to go through that first year of going to every equity call, even when I was non-equity and sitting there and not getting seen all day. 
And then the next year being like, this just can't be what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that was a really good um, experience. But I think Mm -hmm. one that you just kind of have to go through. I remember a friend warning me, Mm -hmm. don't burn out on these auditions. And I was like, no, I'm here. I got to make the most of it. Uh And yes, but also you don't want to lose steam. Mm -hmm. You are hitting the nail on the head. I'm literally, literally talking to my mentee about that right now because she just graduated from NYU and Mm. quickly is realizing that this EPA life is exhausting and it's exhausting for equity members like me, like now that I'm equity. But when I was non-union, I remember those days sitting there and you're trying to go, trying to go, trying to, trying to get seen. And you're just like, what, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Pace yourself, pace yourself and go to what you're right for. There's also that. Go for what you are actually right for. Don't waste your day. Yeah. And I I have a dear um, person that I'm coaching right now. And they told me, we were talking about like, why isn't this working? Why are you going to all these auditions and you're not getting cast? Mm -hmm. And then they tell me they've only been going into the the equity calls for off-Broadway or Broadway that pays well. And I was like, oh, okay, well here, (laughs) we found the issue. It's Mm -hmm. like, you also kind of have to go know where your market is now and then start there. And then we'll get you an agent and then the casting directors will get to know you and the bigger rooms will make sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's you kind of have to audition for all of it. I mean, I remember auditioning for all of it from Broadway down to the regional theater. But knowing, but regional theater is what kept me working for so long and knowing, yeah, that's kind of where my market was at first. And then you, like right. you said, then get the agent and then, you, oh, now these Broadway casting directors know me. Oh, okay, okay, yes. But go, yes. you have to kind of go through it. Right, right. Yeah. You're like, you know, you're that person, the uh, star to be in Annie. You're like, two, three bucks, two bags, one me. Like, I've <laughs> yes. got to make it in New York City. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And so then with that, as you're like, you know, year one, year two, year three, like, okay, trying to figure out your footing in New York, where did Meisner and music come from? Is that a pivot that you then decided to make of like, I need to do something for myself? It was when I was in my first Meisner class back in mm-hmm. Dallas, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is the answer to so many questions I've had, not only about performing, but Mm -hmm. just being present in life. And then when I had my first musical role after falling in love with Meisner and being like, Mm -hmm. I found the answer, all of it went out the window. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just wait till I get to New York. And then I'm sure there will be some sort of Meisner in singing class. And there Mm -hmm. wasn't to my knowledge. Mm So I started it a year in. I did give myself that burnout year. And then um, I started Meisner Music in 2017 as just mm-hmm. like a group of my friends at a studio paying, you know, $75 to cover the price of the room and the accompanist for the month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to just see what worked. There were a lot of things that didn't work and start to craft a technique from there. And it started out as something it's been through so many phases, but Mm -hmm. I started it as, I think a four week thing, Mm -hmm. but I found that every month that was so difficult to get people. I think if you offer something rolling, there's such a tendency for artists, especially to be like, Oh, I'll take it next month. Oh, Mm -hmm. this month's really busy. Next month I'll be richer, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So then I made it into a six 
week class and then we went back to rolling in the pandemic and then mm -hmm. I found the same problem. So now we're back to being a 12 week class with okay. monthly rolling online classes, but there's no overhead or like, you know, it, those can be small with very little risk involved. Mm -hmm. So we're back to being like, if you want to take Miser Music as it is in its wholeness, it's 12 mm -hmm. weeks. You can take it for longer if you want, but 12 weeks is the base. So yeah, yeah it was, um, it's been through so many ups and downs mm -hmm. and it was for me to figure out how to put Meisner into singing, mm -hmm. but it's been amazing to see how it can change other people's lives. And now it feels more of a service and less of a Jillian fulfillment. Yeah. Obviously mm -hmm. I feel fulfilled from it for a lot of, in a lot of ways, but yeah. it now feels like I give it over to the people and if they want it, great. Mm -hmm. And if they, you know, if there comes a day when they don't, that's okay, too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love that. And so with that, in the, the different iterations, was there ever a point where you felt, oh, like you either failed or it was hard to make the pivot or change, i.e. from rolling to setting, then back to rolling and then back to a set schedule, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when you were asking that question, I was like, do I go into it? But I think mm -hmm. in the spirit of honesty and vulnerability, I'm sort of in that right now. I, we just started our seventh year. Um, so we have six years under our belt and going back to being like, no, you really do need 12 weeks to get what I'm trying to have you understand. Mm -hmm. um, having the courage you know, I think the reason I did this was because people would pop in for a month mm -hmm. and be like, I want to end, you know, no more charges after a month. And I was like, okay, okay. So then even coming in felt like I had four weeks to prove something mm -hmm. um, and to get them on board with where the other students were. And so having the ability to be like, I really need it to be 12 weeks is terrifying. It remains terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's also a shift for people to wrap their minds around. So yeah. this semester is a little lighter than it has been in the past. And mm -hmm. so to see it um, rise, rise, rise since the pandemic, I was like, yeah. whoa, we're on a roll. <laughs> and then this semester making that change, it was a risk and it's, um, it hasn't paid off yet. I think it mm -hmm. will in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, but right now we're in a, I'm scared and mm -hmm. I don't know what the future is going to be for my star music, but I think that's how any career in the arts works. You can, all you want, think that the trajectory will always be rising, but there will be downtimes. And I admittedly am in kind of a downtime right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and thank you for that. Thank you for your honesty and transparency. And like, that's real. That is the life yeah. like we live as artists, whether it's making our own work and own um, things to to service people or being cast in somebody else's show. There's always yeah. a, a ebb and flow. And I think it's, it's like, how do we handle the ebb and flows? Like gracefully. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really the question. <laughs> I, I know. It's like, how do we, you know, and when I was a personal trainer, there was mm -hmm. a, a pillow of safety there with like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I can always train, 
people who have money to spend and Mm -hmm. um, that's always there, but now it's not. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, okay, Meisner Music, like, can we do this? We're out on trepidatious waters and we'll see what happens. But I have begun looking at like the Playbill job section and just being like, Mm -hmm. what could we do that's still in the arts, but like not putting so much pressure on Meisner Music or Mm -hmm. acting gigs to fund my life? Yeah, yeah. I understand that. I I 100% understand that. And I and I also think that being able to take the pressure off will allow you me anybody listening like when you go into an audition there is no like you know the course line oh god I need this job. Yeah. Like hey I'm coming in to sing a little 16 bars for you. Here you go. Okay, have a good day. And you go mm-hmm. on about your merry little way. Like, right. And it's like dating, like that's attractive to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, that's the mission. That's, that is the mission. Here's what I have to offer. Y'all go be blessed. Amen. I'm going to go to do something else today. Right. You know, like, yeah. it's not like oh, I'm here because I need this job. And then yes, everybody wants to book it or everybody wants the client or everybody, but you're like, here it is. Yeah. Totally. And I think people can feel that whether it's Meisner and music or mm-hmm. auditions. And so it's, it's always interesting though, because actors or anyone in the arts is inevitably going to be in those periods of like, God, I need this job. Yes. So then you're right. Like, how do we gracefully honor that feeling, mm-hmm. but go confidently toward sharing our art without putting pressure on it, needing to be exactly what that person is looking for at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't have an answer to that question, y'all, but it's... I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it is the question. Yeah, probably just Mm. meditation, like you talked about earlier, just being like, I'm enough, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm enough, I'm okay, I have everything I need, tomorrow Mm -hmm. is already, we'll worry about itself, like, you know, all of the things, and it, I mean, it also doesn't help that we're like in a in a capitalistic society that's just yeah. like doesn't want to pay artists like that does not help the situation <laughs> right like you could just pay us more we could i know that might solve some of this <laughs> everybody loves the arts like that's kind of um undebatable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but we just don't value it as much and it's wild yeah yeah it is it is a wild thing because even thinking about like the during the height of the pandemic when you know everybody is at home and then the net you know people are watching binge watching things on netflix or what was it clubhouse pops up so we have musicals like remember the projection of dream girls on clubhouse and all of this is like the arts is how we survived the pandemic i know y'all love it but you don't want to pay us i know it's you know, and like you said, it in a capitalistic society, it's like, well, how does that uh, make more revenue? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, it's just for the sake of feeling. And people are like, okay, then I'm not funding that. Right. And you're it's like, but just for the sake. Yeah. But that's art. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I had a, I was talking to someone today who's like a teacher. Mm-hmm. She does our teacher training mm-hmm. and she was working with a young student on um, emotions. And okay. the mom comes over to my teacher trainee and goes, Hey, can we stop with the emotions stuff and just work on the technical singing aspect? And she was like, Oh, but it's, 
connected, like give me just a minute because it is connected to the singing. And I think in a similar way, how a capitalistic society is like, we want something that creates revenue. It's like, no, 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 the arts will help you create more revenue. All of us will be better for it. Mm-hmm. But the connection is sometimes not made. Right. That, that the connection is not made. And we're like, we're standing here like, uh, but y'all don't see, y'all don't see. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there we go. Hey, we have it. <laughs> yes. It's hard to prove. Yeah. Yeah. It, that it's hard to prove. It's hard to prove. But you know, it's it's a uh what do you say, like a step by step, brick by brick situation. Yeah. And you keep going. Yeah, absolutely. You keep going. Yeah. So my 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 next question to you would actually be, is there, you know, a nugget of wisdom? that you can share or even if it's something that you're still learning or something you have learned to other artists who are like looking to pivot, but also, you know, like it's hard when you're like, I'm making a decision to go like do this with my career. And then, you know, all of the doubt sets in the fear that all of the above. Um, But what would be your like nugget of wisdom? I think something that doesn't get talked enough about are the Mm -hmm. economics of it and Mm -hmm. finances. So Mm -hmm. in every pivot that I did, the move to New York, not the Dallas move, that was unexpected. And Mm -hmm. my parents definitely helped me make that one. But the one to New York, the one from personal training to Meisner Music being full time, Mm -hmm. I I made sure that there was like a financial cushion Mm -hmm. and that with personal training and Meisner Music, I didn't just cut personal training out. It was a really gradual thing. And I think we just got to make sure that as you and I just talked about, there's not so much pressure on the new thing that you're pivoting to, to succeed. Yeah. You want to make sure that whatever that is, a a lump sum of money or a Mm -hmm. backup plan or a day job that supplements you while you're getting your uh, wheels turning, that there is something that allows you to find your groove mm. without forcing it. Oh yeah. Oh, I like that. Finding your groove without forcing it. That might be the the, the title of, of this episode. Love that. Oh yes. Yes, I love that. But you know what? That isn't that isn't actually talked about. Cause I remember like I would go back and tell 20-year-old Ayana, like, you should like build yourself a cushion. Like I know you want to like, I'm gonna do this now and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna Build yourself a little cushion so that you don't have to like flyer in New. Like I, right. I, I lasted two months that flyering job in Times Square. Um, oh, it's the worst thing. <laughs> I like. Awful. It was terrible. <laughs> Were people just like ignoring you, or did they? Probably worse would be not ignore you. Like, did they harass you? Both, both. Ugh. Because I, I was. It was for the company. I'm not going to mention them, but it was. I had to dress up in like costume. So, like, one day I was a rocket. So, like, I had on, like, tights and, like, a raincoat and the flowers. And then one day oh I was, like, sh- from Chicago. So I had the red tights on with a leotard and a blazer. And, like, so, yeah, I got ignored or I got harassed. Oof. And I was, like, yeah, I can't do this. But, again, right. it's, like, build yourself. You got to build yourself a cushion. So I think mm-hmm. it's that of, like, don't put so much pressure on the new thing to succeed that you're just, like, the bottom falls out. And you're like, oh, yes. my goodness, I have to go find something. Mm-hmm. 
And going back to that burnout year that so many people have, watch it with the day jobs. I think I've seen a bunch of people get involved. So if you can find something like teaching or training or something specialized where you can make more money than minimum wage per hour Mm -hmm. to supplement your art, that's the way to go. Because conversely to what I was just saying, like have something to cushion you, you also want to make sure that you don't get too engulfed by the day job and lose sight of the art. But I think both can, um, contribute to one another with, you know, having us lose track of like what I really am here to do. Oh, that, that of not losing track of what you're there to do. And it's very easy yes, to do that. It's mm-hmm. very easy. And like, I think it's about finding balance again. Like, how do I balance? Okay, I have to make money, but then I also have to pursue what I want. So how how can I do both without, like you said, letting the day job take over? And yeah. I've heard people, you know, done uh, bartending and different gigs like that's tiring or like I was a tour guide once, which is a job I actually really liked. Mm-hmm. And however, and it was for Radio City Music Hall. I will mention them because I actually really liked that job. The problem was my voice started to go. Yeah. And I wasn't able, I wasn't available for auditions because I would do three to four two hour tours a day. And if I did that three days in a row and then I'm like, oh, okay, Thursday and Friday, I'm going to audition. I didn't have a voice. Awful. And so that's why I had to quit. I was like, my boss was like, he's like, if you like, let me know at least like a couple days in advance, I'll get another tour guide to replace you. That wasn't the problem. It was Mm -hmm. literally the taxing on my voice. And I was like, I can't do this job. Right. I'm trying to right. go audition for theater. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And I've had people in the fitness world, same thing, like group fitness classes where they injure themselves or they injure their voices. Like we got to be careful with so much, but also mm-hmm. make the money to be able to go to the auditions. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I feel yeah. like nannying's a good one. Just anything yeah. personal assistant, something that's like chill, flexible mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. Something where like, you get to honor yourself, but make enough money to sustain this thing that you love doing. Right, right. And even nowadays, I'm like, can I bring my computer? Like, I don't want to leave right? my house. Like, can I do it online? I want to bring my computer on my lap and like sit at an audition or something, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-mm-mm. But we, listen, I, I do believe everybody will find it, find their version yeah. And if they want to, like if they want to, because I know we were talking earlier, some people are like, you know what? Don't think New York's for me. And I also to honor that. Yes, absolutely. I remember in the pandemic, it was so funny. There was someone that I knew who made a Facebook post about Mm -hmm. how many people were moving away Mm -hmm. in the pandemic. It's like, yeah, of course we're going to move away from, I didn't, but like other people were like, of course I'm going to move away from New York. Like I got to go live with my parents. I'm not making money. So this person made a derogatory Facebook post being like, I'm so proud of myself for staying in the city. And it was, I I wrote on it. I was like, I think that people leave that who leave the city are, I think that's one of the bravest choices that you can make. Mm -hmm. And so like honoring of yourself and what happened to this girl, but she moved back to, I won't even say it. She moved back to her home state, you know, within a year. 
Mm-hmm. And good mm-hmm. for her. I'm glad she did. But I think she was probably grappling with something in herself. I think there's a lot of like New York or bust or like showbiz or bust. No, just do you. You want to move back to Kentucky, like where I'm from? Do it. Right. Right. Oh, it. I mean, there's a lot of that as well of like the shame I of know. like, oh, I didn't make it in. The... No. What? What? You did the thing. That. You did the thing. And now you're moving on to something else. Good for you. Yeah. 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 I feel, especially in this pivot that I'm in right now, I'm thinking about maybe calling it and getting a, you know, a job that has a salary and that's like a Mm -hmm. little more demanding and maybe art has to take a back seat. But Mm -hmm. in that, I'm like, I'm so glad that I don't have to look back on my life and go, what if I really gave it my all with performing? Or what if I really went headfirst into developing Miser Music? I did it. And maybe this is the end of that chapter. And I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to try it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oof. Yeah. But then that's also heavy. That's also like a... I'm making the decision and I'm terrified, mm-hmm. but you, you, and you're the only one who can decide this for yourself. It's like, no, like that's what I need. And again, mm-hmm. you're like, but I, I did, I did the thing. I did it. Like I, I yeah. pursued a career and then I, I developed my journey. Like I did it. You can say it's done. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. You know, right. and I think unfortunately, our, I can't even say society as a whole. I definitely think our parents' generation and still some in our generation are like, you pick one thing and then you do that for the rest of your life. And that's just not feasible. It's no, just not, anymore. not feasible. Why? But why would you want to do just one thing with your life? There's also that. Right. Retire and then, you know, potentially get a disease that takes you out right after you retire. Like, no, I'd rather love it now. And then we'll retire and be like, what a full life. And I pivoted a lot or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yes, a full life. Like that, yeah, like that's it, a full yeah. life. And that's going to involve pivots and changes yeah. and going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, <sighs> yes. Jillian, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. You are such a wonderful spirit and conversationalist. This was really healing for me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I received that. And you're so very welcome. You're so very welcome. Before I let you go, I got two more things. Uh, One, where can everybody find you out here on the interwebs? Meisner in music on every social. So it's M-E-I. S-N-E-R in music um, and then MeisnerinMusic.com. So that's always me. There's no like assistant running the Instagram. (laughs) It is Jillian. So if you want to DM me or anything, I'll be there. And then Jillian Page on um, socials and JillianPage.com. Okay, sounds good. Everybody, I will put that in the show notes so it's clickable and you can reach Jillian if you need to. And I must say to you that I acknowledge you I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Thank you, Ayana. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) 
I hope you have been informed and inspired by this week's episode. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are out. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there's a link in the show notes. This show's executive producer is Ayana Major Bay and editor is Kieran Neiman. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon.